Hi, welcome back to Page Starter. I am Lisa Ferland, and today I have a different episode for you because one of my author clients, Tanya Maloney, just finished her Kickstarter campaign. And usually after each campaign, I like to have a debrief session with my clients and see what worked and what didn't work with their campaign. Tanya has always been super supportive of other authors and helping other authors, and she graciously agreed to allow me to record our session together and share it with you all. So if you are interested in crowdfunding your book or you're even contemplating in the slightest, this is a great episode to listen to because Tanya really goes over all of the details in terms of what she did to prepare her audience for launch. Her audience were teachers uh, for the launch of her children's book, Nature Ninja Saves the Natural World. Tanya successfully crowdfunded her book on Kickstarter with 165 backers generating over 12,000 Australian dollars. Her original goal was 8,000 Australian dollars, so she ended up with 150% funding. Great job, Tanya. Nice work. So thanks for listening, and let's get right into it. You know, I'd really thought about my budget and, and what I thought was achievable as a goal, and 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 put that in you know that still stretched me to where I thought you know I, I think I wanted to do you know five or six thousand and then yeah. you know we, you and I talked about seven and a half and maybe a little bit more and then I went eight and put and ended up at eight and then you know I think if I had to put 10 I would have maybe felt a little bit more stressed but on the other hand it would have maybe pushed me into action a bit further and a bit mm-hmm. faster mm-hmm so it was a, it's kind of a balance, I think. Like I was more comfortable to have that sort of where I where I felt comfortable and that I could comfortably achieve given my audience. And I'm still scared I wouldn't. Um, but, you know, um, I think when you have that, I just felt at ease with, with that. And then the stretch goals for me were really part of um, actually helping that momentum keep going. Yeah. You did a really great job, um, you know, with your email marketing. I think I saw you really ramp it up. And uh, do, was there any um, sort of internal barrier that you feel you blasted through during this campaign? And did it force you to work outside of your comfort zone in new ways? Yeah, it forced me to ask for help. <laughs> it's, you know, that's I'm not very good at that normally, but um you know, when you, when you know that, that what you, you know, I knew that my book was something that is really valuable for the teachers in my world. I knew, I knew that. And so that knowing that and, you know, having it tested it out a bit on teachers and showing people the story, not the book, obviously, because it's not printed yet, but, you know, the story and and things like that had really helped engage. Um, But uh, yeah, I think really asking for help. Um, Emails, um, I felt like I was, you know, emailing and social media, social mediaing people to death. Like I felt like I was doing that, and that was hard because I, I didn't know whether I should back off or not. And then the emails, you know, whilst if people were on my email list, because I have a pretty good size email list, and I've built that up over the last sort of ten years. Um, but if people were unsubscribing, I had to be okay with that, and like because I was sending so many emails at one stage, there were a lot of people unsubscribing, which was totally fine because if it's not for them, then, you know, I don't, I don't want to be intruding on on them like over and over and over again after about the same thing that they're not interested in. So yeah. um, but I think you just have to kind of keep that consistency. And just to give anyone who's listening an idea of your audience size, because you have been working on this for the past 10 years. This has been an ongoing process. This wasn't an overnight, you know, okay, I I put my audience together in in 30 days and launched. How large are we talking in terms of, you know, how many people you Um, have been in contact with? Yeah, so on my email list, there's about, actually, it's probably about the same on socials as well. So on my email list, I have about 6,000 people. And on my Facebook, for example, Facebook page, Nature in Nature, I have about 6,000 as well. And then a few, you know, less on Instagram because I don't use it as much. And um, and so those, a lot of those people I had engaged with signed up for a free conference that mm-hmm. I ran, a free online conference that I ran two years ago. So the majority of those people um, had not bought packages then. 
um, a lot did, which was wonderful. Um, and I found that they were the most engaged and they were the ones opening the emails. Um, but there's so many things that come across your desk every day and you sign up for them and then you just <laughs> ignore the emails or unsubscribe or whatever. And you have to be okay with that because that if people aren't interested in that, then likely they're not going to be interested in the other things that you're doing either. So, um, yeah, so it was, you know, I had a large audience um, and I could, uh, large or small, as long as you try and engage that. And I could have done that better leading up to the campaign, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, but it's hard when you, because, you know, you get, you know, if you create a lot of freebies and, and lead magnets and things like that for people and they're getting all this stuff for free, then to try and, um, you know, which is great because it value adds to the work that they're doing. But sometimes then if there's an ask to say, hey, I've got this thing that, you know, it, 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 I'm asking people to put money towards right. to buy a package or buy a book or whatever, um, then it's, yeah, it's just a balance. And, again, you just it's if you know your messaging and you know the people that you're talking to and you know um, not just what they're going to respond to but what they're gonna, what's going to add value to them, mm -hmm. then... Um, it makes it easier to write the email, press send on the email, and be okay if there are people who don't right um, want that too. Right, because so, you know that your messaging is is on point and effective, and if it's not resonating yeah. with someone, they should yeah. they should unsubscribe for sure, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it hurt, you know, it does hurt when people unsubscribe. <laughs> Oh, you can't, you can't take it personally. You have to, you know, that's <laughs> no, part no, of I it. Don't now. That's part of it. All done. Of it. <laughs> It'll still happen. You know, it's still going to yeah. happen. There will still be people. Yeah. And I mean, this is yeah. the, this is the, the, the future of, of anything is people will come on and people will leave. And so you have yeah. to maintain the mindset that there's more people who are interested and yeah. in coming on than more people leaving. Yeah. I um, also, I also wanted to remark that you, you know, made the accessible version to blind and deaf children, the default with all of the yes. books. And I find that, um, first, that's the first, this is the first one that I've seen, maybe there've been others. Um, but this is the first campaign that I've seen that has made the accessible version accessible to everybody, not mm -hmm. as an add on, not if we hit this goal, not once we pass, you know, 8,000, then I'll add it on. Um, that was really core to your mission to make your book accessible to all children. Um, and I, I really hope that other authors see this and take this as, you know, the way forward, that when we're considering the expenses related to our children's books, you know, you consider an editor, that your illustrator, your formatter, your cover designer, that the accessible version of your book should just be factored in as the expense that goes into it so that all children can read and consume your children's book. Yeah, and as you said, that was that was a really core an intentional part of my mission is that like one of the one of the things that I'm passionate about is helping children see themselves through stories now um it's a little bit you know there's not much it's a bit hard to see yourself in a little green nature ninja but like kids kids will relate to this but I'm I love stories and um because there was not there were not a lot of books you know there are many more now um that had kids Diver, like a, a diverse representation of children, abilities, genders, um, cultures in nature. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in these children's books about kids playing out in nature, there wasn't that diversity. And and going through a process over the last couple of years of, you know, I've my bookshelf is so much richer because of that diversity in those books. Mm -hmm. But the, to take that a step further and have those books become more accessible not only in the the fact that children can see themselves in the books but that they can actually consume and you know um read those books in the way that are most accessible to them and yeah so that was that was I was so passionate about about that and when people asked me you know we just want the book we don't want all the other stuff we don't you know we won't use the accessible versions and and what I was able to come back with that reasoning is this is really important. My mission is for nature for all kids, but mm -hmm. books for all kids as well. So when you had that, uh, you know, I, I want, I would love people to, to be able to really consider that as well because 
creating those, you know, with with Richard from Imagination Storybooks, and um, and I know you were involved with them as well, which yes. is just magical because it, it, it once you um see the impact that that, that has for t- for children and teachers and parents and communities who support these kids, then. Yeah, it's just mag- it's just it's just magical, and even the teachers like we would I would be talking to the teachers on the little book pa- Zoom parties we had, or in some of my social posts or emails, and talking to them about why the accessible versions were important. Mm-hmm. And so those teachers in mainstream schools, with for example, were saying, "Well, our kids will love this because not only does it highlight." Um, sign language like a lot of the schools and the, the early childhood settings now yeah. without children with you know hearing or vision impairments are actually using sign language yeah. um, and to have a child in kindergarten for example maybe they lie down for story time and there's the audiobook going with the visually dis- visual descriptions of the pictures yeah. um, for, for all children yeah. not just the children who need that to be accessible for them but that's such a rich way to learn because it shows, yeah, diversity and inclusion in a way that um, you know, that is really, really ground grassroots sort of for kids to be able to to know that that's that's the norm, that's yeah. what, <laughs> that's how it should be, and and those accessible versions are not an add-on, they're not an afterthought, right. they're actually a core part of creating the um, yeah, creating the book and and whatever else you're doing, so. Yeah, it's really important, and I and I would I'd really you know really encourage people to have that as or consider that as part of their their mission and just build it into the budget if you can. So yeah, yeah, and just say this is this is not negotiable. This is what I'm doing, and yeah. uh, you know, especially if you're crowdfunding, you know, your your goal yeah. should you know cover all your expenses. So just put that into the expenses and. And crowdfund it, and uh, you're good to go. Yeah. So, and I people think... get the mission. People yeah. get that mission, and when you're so when you when you explain it to them, um, authentically, yeah, and you you know you really are passionate about that, then it's pretty hard to argue with. It really <laughs> is. You know, if they want the accessible, if they want just the book, they can wait till it comes out yeah. somewhere else, and yeah. that's fine. Um, but um, yeah, but I wasn't gonna um, I wasn't gonna you know dilute my intention for supporting that community um with just doing that so i mean that's a personal choice for people but i I do think that um i think that's a really important thing in across in all of community in all of society that we have those inclusive and diverse um yeah options available um, so uh, when you know when you're asking people to share um, about your campaign and um, you know and they're, they're, people are really excited, especially the people who really want to support you and and your backers. But sometimes they don't just want to um, share the link and they don't want to they don't know what to write. So it's a bit of a block and a barrier. So I found that when I wrote these little copy and paste blurbs saying what I really wanted them to say, but in you know in their what they could they could change if they wanted to, then it was so easy. Like I'd post them as an update or on my social media or as a message to people. And then I'd see them on social media like five minutes later because they'd been able to cut and paste and maybe just add a a couple of words. And so I didn't do that till very late in the campaign, the last week, actually, probably the last four or five days. And, and I would have, I would do it again. Absolutely. And I would do it earlier. And I would probably even put them in. I know we had talked about it. I just hadn't got around to kind of doing it. But I would put them maybe in a Google Doc mm-hmm. with, you know, a few more, just like little one-liners or, you know, a couple of little excerpts from the book and things like that. So, yeah, I would do. I would definitely do it and I would definitely do that earlier because I felt like it was actually a way that I could reach out to individual people as well. So people who I already had those relationships with that I knew wanted to share the book or would be interested in sharing the book, the Kickstarter, and then be able to yeah to be able to do that. So to be able to send this and say, hey, did you see my new book? Um, check it out if you love it. You know, here's a little couple of lines that you could post if you want to. And and so many people did that, which is great. So nice, nice. So I'm I'm wondering. So you reached out to people, gave them a little thing. Would you recommend putting it? in your campaign itself i'm thinking 
like, yeah, I think in so. the body Absolutely. of the campaign and saying like, hey, if you want to share, feel free to copy paste the following text. Um, or if you would save that just for, you know, emails and updates. Um, I think you could do both. Like I think you could do, I know when we were planning the campaign page and things like that, we moved the shares down at the very start um, down further because obviously we want people to take action and, and do the pledges rather than go off on social media and off to emails or whatever and share it. So, um, and then partway through the campaign, I put a couple of like little, I moved some of those buttons just as text links to go up further. Mm. And I don't know, I have to check if anyone tech, <laughs> if anyone shared from those, I'm not sure, but I took them off again. So I think you could you could put, yeah, even just like a little maybe one-liner, like mm -hmm. a tweet, you know, when you do, right. when you tweet, like a pre, um, which you do with um, the share, um, the share link. Yeah, the share link generator. Yep. So you can do that with, with that, with the tweet um, particularly. So, yeah, I think, you know, a couple of lines. I would maybe try both because the whole way through the Kickstarter is um, one big marketing um you know test isn't it really yeah. you're just testing things and seeing what works and um what people really respond to and what makes I think that the main thing you need to do is make things easier for people to share it yeah or to yeah. back it really as well yeah yeah you had a lot of uh really great graphics and instructions on directing people how to back the campaign which is important because your audience is in Australia and not as familiar with Kickstarter so did you have people asking you questions about it or about Kickstarter itself? Or do you think that it was self-explanatory on the page? Um, I think I had a lot of, I'm pretty sure I had the majority of my backers were first time backers on Kickstarter. So, you know, they were new to the process and being in Australia, like, you know, we have no idea about crowdfunding really here at all. So um, it was a, it was a big test. <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah, so to sure. be very clear and have like an even an infographic that um, was not only on the campaign page, but if someone was having, you know, wasn't quite sure how to do it or wasn't quite sure of the, the um, process, then they could refer to that. If they contacted me directly, I could send them to that. And I'd also made this little, uh, I think you've got one as well, I'm pretty sure, like a little, just a little two minute video showing me going in and create, you know, backing it. And and that really helped a couple of people as well. They they sort of thought, oh, we can do that now. It's not hard. So yeah, yeah. the face-to-face -face events were, um, were great in terms of visibility and getting it out there. But when you're at an event, like unless sometimes if you, I feel like it would have been a lot easier if I had the print book and that then they would have flown off the shelves, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, but having sort of um not having it having it not there, even though I did events where I had a walking story, like I had my storybook um nature trails set up so it was the book deconstructed so people could read that. Um to try and get people at an event to actually sign up, create a Kickstarter account and, and things like that on the day um, is, Just, is really hard. So I had flyers that I could give them and they could take them away, but then I was relying on them, um, yeah, doing that. So I probably would have, which I would normally would do, but I, I didn't do this time, but um, I would have had a sign-up sheet where they actually manually put their details in and then I could contact them. So I think when you do that, obviously you've got you know, they've given you permission to email them. You right. have their details. They don't just walk away with a QR code that they probably, you know. It goes in the bag it. and they never see it <laughs> yeah, again. They, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think I think um, whilst it was great for visibility and more people know about it, it was the challenge was then engaging them then and there to um, to do that, which I could help with and I had my laptop and... <laughs> You know, yeah. but it, but sometimes it doesn't feel like it's appropriate to, you know, I didn't have a book table and I wasn't sitting there saying I'm selling my book, I'm selling my, you know, I'm selling my book. I was I was actually working and doing other events or speaking at a conference or whatever. So I kind of yeah. wasn't. I didn't really want to hit them with a, a hard sales pitch. Yeah. <laughs> straight away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is it is a relationship building thing, and so yeah. hopefully they can come back. But I think that's good advice is to you get their contact information so you can contact them and say, hey, I would love to connect with you. 
on Facebook or LinkedIn, you know, like let's connect and I'll, you know, send you a message later about the resources because the, this, this, these are your target audience of teachers and mm-hmm. you do want to expand that network and, and get that mm-hmm. stuff in front of them. So, okay. So face-to-face collect people's information, mm-hmm. however you can. Um, but yes, leverage those, that in-person relationship to, so that you can follow up with them. Yeah, definitely. And people are, you know, people are busy. Like we're all, bu- we're all busy. And we, if, if, I know you and I have had this conversation before, if, if I see something and you see something and we don't do something straight away about it, then we forget and it goes, you know, we go <laughs> off and do something else and yep, gone. <laughs> um, and so, so um, to be able to, you know, somehow engage with someone and, and, help them have that almost urgency to do it or just the time and space to do that so um I think that one of the things that I did as well is an online book party so it wasn't really a launch it was just kind of a pop I had one pop up and then I had two planned ones and that was like a zoom where um I just took people through like they were I'd created a powerpoint um just with pictures mostly there was very little text on them because I don't like being PowerPointing people to death, um, but to be able to speak to those, um, you know, why I created the book through the pictures and showcase what was actually inside the book because it is it is fully illustrated was really great. And then to talk to you know and to engage with them in looking at the details in the book and um, and that was a way I feel that um, the feedback that I got to the people who attended those live. In, on Zoom um, was really great because they got so excited because they saw inside the book, but they also then had a chance to ask me questions about the Kickstarter process and then off, you know, off air later, like I took a couple of them through backing it because they weren't sort of sure how to. So I shared my screen, I showed them and then they went and backed it. So um, I would, I probably didn't promote those as as early enough um, because I just sort of had the, the thought about it. I thought, oh, I'm going to try this now. Um, so next time I would definitely have sort of maybe more of those planned out and and put them, you know, right at the start of the campaign saying yeah. hey, these are these book parties. And it was really fun. And, and then I could take some of those, like a couple of them made these really cool reels for them that they shared with me and then I could unshare them like, and it was just, yeah, they were they're much they were much better at making reels and social media than I was so it was really helpful <laughs> that I could just share and put a link, a link on it um but it also gave perspective from the other side mm-hmm. so it wasn't just me talking about it, it was actually them you know um one lady Kath was there with it to her two kids and she was happy for them to be on that and she you know she took some video footage of them watching and interacting with me nice and so I can take those clips and use them in you know, future marketing. Yeah, that's gold. Like that. So that's yeah, gold. Awesome. Having kids interact with your book is mm. is total gold. It was really funny actually because the book is called Nature Ninja Saves the Natural World and it's all about, you know, connecting with nature and caring for the planet. And um one of the one of the boys, Jack, is about eight. Um he has about 30 minutes of tech every weekend. He can go on his you know computer and play some games and whatever. And about an hour after we'd finished, I received a text message from um, from Jack's mum with a video of um, Jack, have Jack playing Minecraft, but he created Nature Ninja Boobook and Stick as characters in a Aww. Minecraft world. <laughs> and so that, you know, they were really excited about seeing the characters engaging with those. Yeah. Excited about receiving the book. And then, you know, and then going outside in the afternoon after he'd had his tech time. So it was really fun to engage just during the campaign not just not just after it but during it was really cool yeah and that's just like a taste of what's to come like there will be more so many things and you're going to hear about kids using nature ninja in their birthday parties and having nature ninja themed things I mean it's it's really it's really just the beginning like if you're doing plushies or little toys or whatever like I had these made um uh prior and to be able to kind of use them in some of my marketing and, um, you know, my social posts and stuff like that, I think was really cool because people could actually see what one of the rewards looked like mm-hmm. in the flesh, basically. basically. And then um, I think to another strategy really that 
you know, once I reached the goal, which I was really grateful for, um, and I was happy to do that on about day 10 or 11. So um, you kind of, I felt like this sort of pressure was kind of taken off, off me a fair bit, but also I wanted to be able to stretch. And so the, the stretch goals were really helpful, not only to, you know, obviously try and um, add value to what the backers were getting, um, but also to help keep me motivated rather than, as you said, you know, once, you, once you've reached the goal, it can be easy just to kind of go and go off and have a nap um, for the rest of it. Um, but, you know, to, to keep that momentum and right till the end, yeah. like we reached um, the, the, the second stretch goal yeah. about an hour before the end. Yeah. And so that was really, that was really cool. I, I liked that. And I liked that. I f- felt like I had time and I asked my backers what they wanted. Like there's a nature ninja song and that was actually second. I thought that might be first, but they all wanted the finger puppets first. Yeah. So uh, these little patterns. So I just quickly um, knocked some of those up with some felt that I had and they'll get, you know, a PDF to be able to make those, but it was pretty rough, but they loved those. Um, and the teachers could see the book then being put in action in their classrooms. Yeah. Which yeah. is what they want, which was what all their all the teachers just want to be able to have almost a package of this is what this is a great book and this is what you do with it. Mm-hmm. Like so here's how to implement the book in the classroom and all the things you need yeah. to do that. That's really yeah. great. Was was there anything about the process that surprised you or that you weren't expecting? Um, not really, not that I can think of, not that I can think of. I think I probably expected, um, I don't know what, maybe I, maybe I expected more support to come from inside of Kickstarter, the people that I didn't know. Mm. And so, you know, like I expected maybe to get some more backers just organically through that. Um, and there were a few that pledged sort of some amounts and whatever they were, but, um, but I, I don't know, in my head, I thought, oh, maybe it's up on, you know, this platform and people will magically see it, but you actually really have to drive, um, people to those things in a really, um, intentional way. Yeah. If you can, you know, if you can, sometimes you have to do it a bit slapdash and on the run. Um, but if you can do it, if you can be a little bit prepared, it helps. Yeah. But, um, yeah. The potential is there for other people to find your campaign when you are on a big platform, but it, there's no guarantee. Yeah. And, you know, there's, yeah. So it's kind of like, it's possible because you're there mm. rather than, you know, launching on your own website where you truly mm. have to send all the traffic mm. to your, to your campaign. Um, so the potential is there, but yeah, there's, I mean, and some, some people just get very lucky and yeah you know, and then they're like, oh, I had, you know, 60% of my backers came from Kickstarter. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. know. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, we can't rely on that. Like you can't, that's not a strategy. Yeah. It's just sort of. Yeah. And they weren't, you know, that I knew my audience very well. So, yeah. you know, I knew what teachers wanted and I knew, you know, obviously it was for other people as well, but I knew what the teachers, the educators, the people of the nature, nature connection, people who, you know, how they could use the book and in their in their practice and in their mm-hmm. teaching and so to be able to and and because most of my you know most of my backers came from off kickstarter be, mm-hmm. and had never ever backed before particularly all the aussies um i think there was a couple of aussies who'd backed before but not really um so to have that yeah it, it just i didn't it probably didn't surprise me but i just you know in my head i thought maybe would <laughs> maybe it would get more, I don't know, get more sort of eyes on it in there, particularly being a project we love, which I think is an incredible, um, you know, that puts that that pushes you up in Kickstarter's um, visibility as well, which is really helpful and really great. Yeah. So Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, it's it's up to you, I think, really to, to get the, to have those relationships and those conversations and build that. I don't, you don't have to have a big audience, but it helps if you've got, a reasonable size audience who are particularly engaged. Yeah. So being engaged, um, you know, through, through, I think that's one thing that I would have maybe done a bit more of a pre-launch kind of engagement plan rather than just being a bit sort of slapdash and <laughs> trying to get it off, 
trying to get it um it, it all done um the kickstarter yeah. platform itself is really easy to use um it's not very t- sort of tech kind of taxing but the yeah. once you have the rewards worked out and you can work out a little bit of a plan and see what you like from others and then um you know it doesn't that part's not that you know that I felt my, I found myself probably getting sucked into that to doing that and changing things and tweaking right. like little aesthetic stuff whereas my time would have been better spent engaging with my audience yeah but it's hard to do that because you worry about what it's going to look like and if people are going to like it and it made sense and whatever but <laughs> um, I know well, yeah but- the engagement stuff is is really important Exactly. I mean, the the visuals on your campaign are great. All the text is super explanatory. You know, rewards were set. Um, but yeah, there's only so much return on investing in that, you know, in terms of, you know, once it's visually appealing, it's visually appealing. Like you, you're kind of done. If all the information is there in some way, either in a graphic or in text, it's there. You don't have to keep uh, adjusting it unless you're getting feedback that something's not clear, then of course, you know, adjust it. But if, if you're not getting any of that feedback, it's like, okay, that's not the problem. The problem is, you know, getting people to the page and driving that traffic to the page. So, and I know that, you know, we talked about it, your main audience was, was off. They were on break for the first two weeks Mm -hmm. of your Mm -hmm. campaign. So would you have shifted your strategy and waited, or are you still happy with the, the way things went? Um, I think I, I was I, I purposefully started it in our school holidays when the teachers all, were all off because um, because of some events that were happening. So it was um, you know I looked for our local kind of you know local stuff that's happening and it was Nature Play Week for yeah. two weeks, which you know launching in Nature Play Week I think I launched on the same day as that started, you know gave me two weeks of reasons to be talking about nature. So. Um, and Nature Ninja and I, you know, I was lucky enough to speak at the on the Zoom of their launch and then have a launch activity at their at the Nature Play Week launch. So if you can look for opportunities like that, mm-hmm. then I, I don't really think it matters when you launch. Like I didn't feel like it mattered that I launched when they weren't on there, but maybe the maybe they weren't attending to their work emails or they didn't have their work credit cards or, you know, whatever they needed to use. Um so it wasn't like they were off for, you know, a whole summer or a whole, it was two, right. it was two weeks. And I think then when they came back, I was able to sort of ramp that up. So, I don't, um, yeah, hard to say, but it worked, the timing worked really well because of that Nature Play Week that was on. So, you know, strategically that's kind of why I did it then. But, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, it's hard to, teachers are hard to get, um, to yeah. engage at, at times anyway and, get their read their emails and um so yeah it was a lot of it was about the one-on-one you know the one-on-one contacting people and just talking to them about it I think and that really helped because they were the people who shared it with their people who they knew would be interested and then that way you know developing those relationships with those sort of you know that first little ripple and then being able to have them ripple it out Mm-hmm. and be able to share as well so and they're busy they're busy people as well so if you can make it easy and give them a blurb or something to to write make sure you include the link in it <laughs> like put yes. the link in the middle Always. of the blurb I reckon yeah not at the end because it can get cut off but put the link in the middle of the blurb or write it you know after the first sentence yeah and then um it gets cut it makes sure they um they uh yeah they do it so that's a smart idea like right in the middle here's the link again usually I do the link maybe two or three times, like, yeah, yeah. check out this great project link. It's about da, 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 link. Okay. Da, 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 here's the link again, you know, like just put yep. it in there as many times as possible. Yeah. So I did great. that in the emails. Absolutely. Yes. Many, many. <laughs> all <laughs> links, links, all links go to the campaign. Did you have yep. any canceled pledges? I mean, there were a number of other authors who were live at the same time who were reporting to me that um, they had a few people pledging and then DMing them saying, Hey, yep. Uh, you know, I offer this service, uh, you know, I can get your campaign in front of my Twitter followers if you buy this package. Did you experience any of that? Um, I had I had a couple of people do that. The, I didn't have people pledging like large amounts, like 500 bucks or whatever. So um, I think that, you know, if someone does that to you and they pledge like a lot of money and then they say, hey, I could help you and they've given you <laughs> technically, you know, all, the, um, all that, it's hard to, 
not kind of get sucked into that. And I then I had like I've got other um people I know at the moment who are crowdfunding and they will often send me an email and say, Hey, I've got this email and I just said just ignore it. <laughs> just leave it. Don't even respond. And like so my strategy was if I thought it was something like that, even if they didn't pledge or they, you know, DM'd me or whatever, um, I would just I in the end I just wouldn't you know, I wouldn't say thanks but no thanks. I would just not respond because yeah. I could I was fairly confident that they were not going to help me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was not going to be valuable to me or, or to them and you don't want to get sucked into that vortex of kind of desperation, I think. I think if you're in a desperate fa- stage maybe and you're really feeling like I'm not going to make my goal, someone's offering to help me get all these backers, um, then it's really tempting. It would be really tempting to say to say yes so you just have to kind of stand your ground and, and trust that you've done what you can do and and work with your backers and your community or your engaged audience um to be able to get the word out there yeah. way better than anyone else can that doesn't know you and exactly. their audience doesn't know you or their pretend audience doesn't know you so. <laughs> exactly i mean those <laughs> this has been as long as kickstarter has been around there have been these um, third party people mm. capitalizing on the uncertainty and insecurity of creators. So it's good to be aware that they are out there and that no, they yeah. don't, you know, always do your due diligence and always, you know, follow up. But um, generally there are people just looking for a quick buck and they know that yeah. they're a ripe, a ripe target because yeah. of yeah. The, the desperation. Please, anyone yeah. share my You put that very nicely. You called them what third party. <laughs> I don't think I've heard them described like that by a couple of other people. Yeah, I I really think they're just bots. I think they have these uh, keyword crawlers and they set them up on Kickstarter for any any Mm -hmm. campaign launched within the past 12 hours Mm. automatically gets this very automated message. So um, you can tell, you can tell when it's, yeah. And, and it's, these are the same people that fill your spam inbox with like, Hey, your Google SEO rank for your website is at such and such. Yeah. I can help you. I raise it. Like, yeah. I've got lots of reviews later lately that I've never seen. So, you know, yeah. given the success of Kickstarter and how you were able to, you know, really rally the troops and offer a lot of value to your main audience, what is Kickstarter something you would consider doing again? Yeah, absolutely. I would definitely, you know, particularly with the, um, you know, the the feedback that the book got and um, the way that I was able to, you know, educate the audience and, and people were really excited about that. I think if you have, yeah, it was a really interesting, um, uh, it was a bit of a, a kind of a bit of a, um, a test for me really because I, I could have launched on my website. I have a good email list. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a good network and so for me to try something that was a bit unknown um, was kind of exciting um, and a lot of work but a, but in in a good way um, and I yeah I think it just um, it expanded um, my reach you know a little but it also helped me really get my marketing message clear and so that you know working through getting you know knowing your audience and and working through the different packages and reward tiers and things like that and and thinking about you know testimonials and the things that can really help a kickstarter be successful those things you know i now have those things to use on my own website Mm -hmm. so i have those assets those testimonials those marketing messages that i can use and so it was just a way to really focus yourself on doing that I think yeah. marketing is a bit scary you know for a lot of people particularly you know children's book authors who, who don't love it um but I think when you um it was just it was a really good way to focus my attention on all of the things that were important in helping sell my book and so I would yeah definitely do, I definitely think I'd do it again so um <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I might leave it a little while. Like, yeah. Book two give, is give it some time. <laughs> <laughs> give it time. I have to write book two first, but um, but yeah. So I mean, you know, I want the I want my Nature Ninja books to be a series. So to be able to you know have already a a, a crew of supporters on there, you know, in in the backers, yeah. to be able to update them and say, hey, book two is coming out. Keep an eye. This is what's happening, and we're going to go on Kickstarter again. I think um. Yeah, it was really 
yeah, I mean, you never know. You never know. I might decide to do it again. I might not. But I, I really enjoyed the process, and um, and I would definitely, you know, definitely consider doing it again. Definitely. Working with you was awesome. You know, that was great. And and working with your group, like to have those, even if I, you know, you were meeting on the Zooms in the middle of the night, I could put you in my earphones and walk around, you know, <laughs> walk around in the morning, go for my morning walks and listen and learn from the other people in the group. Yeah. And so that sort of set, helped set me up. I actually felt like I know I knew mostly what I was doing because of the conversations that you had with all the other crowdfunding people in, in the group, which is great. So I think that community of supporters who are actually going through or about to go through or who have gone through that same experience really helps. Yeah, yeah it really helps. Learn so much when somebody else presents their issue with their book and you're like, oh, wait, oh, I could do that for my book. Oh, wait. And you, it just activates your imagination a bit more in terms of putting you in that creative problem solving mode versus sometimes when we're, you know, struggling, okay, what should I do? Which I, and it's like, you get, you get trapped in your own head and then you hear somebody else present a very similar issue and how they're working through it. And you're like, oh, oh yeah, that makes total sense. I can do it this way and apply it. And I know how to build it for my audience and customize it for my messaging. So yeah, I love, I love the group and I think, I think it's great. So I'm glad you were able to really benefit from that, even though, you know, time zone wise, we're so separate. So I'm glad that yep. that worked yep. out. I was really excited at the end that I could, you know, the last few weeks, actually the time changes worked that it was still late at night, but it wasn't like the middle of the night. Yeah. And so really just in, in that, um, in those final weeks and during the campaign, when I could actually get on and just bounce some ideas around with you know with with everyone who was on the call um was really yeah that was all that was awesome so yeah. um, and it's lovely to support other people in who are going through the campaigns and you know to to sort of for them to feel or to be able to support them but because they supported you as well so yeah yeah. And you're such a great member of the the supportive author community. You are there with advice. You're helping people out. You're interviewing them for your podcast. I mean, you're so wonderful at really, you know, lifting up other authors and, you know, that's a huge support and, and valued asset that other authors really appreciate. So I know you put in a lot of goodwill and all of that requires time, effort, and energy in the lead up to your campaign and, you know, you have to do it really from the goodwill of your own heart and, yeah. you know, yeah. coming from others. And then just, you know, you hope, you hope it's returned, but mm. you know, it just, it comes from. With no expectation. Yeah. I think yes. you have to definitely go into, you know, to, to though, to, to everything without expectation of return. Yeah. You know, it's lovely when, as you said, when people do, but if, if I, you know, if I know that you, I mean, you have um, walked through the forest, like, yeah. Um, you know that that book. I love that because it serves my audience. Yeah. And Lindsay Keller Madsen, like you know, so I did a um, book tour, a virtual book tour, hosted one for her um, as she was launching her book. Um, into not the wild. She'd done it originally. Yeah, she'd done it into. Um, she'd done it in Kickstarter mm -hmm. uh, first, and then she was now um, uh, launching it on Amazon and did a virtual book tour and had reached out to me to say. I'm doing this book tour and I said, hey, I'd love to do, you know, do that with you. And so I was able to host a book tour with my audience for her. And then during my campaign, um, she hosted an Instagram live for me. So nice. I didn't, you know, there was no expectation of that give and take. But when you have that, you know, that, that I don't know, it's just, I mean, it's nice to be of service to others. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in yeah, in lots of ways. So and I interviewed Geraldine as well um for her book because you know we had these similar um I was interested in, you know, I was really interested in her book, um, in her Melusine. And um I think Francis I interviewed as well. Actually yeah. I did interview Francis too. So um, you know, to be able to build that community and those relationships. Okay. And even if it had nothing really to do with my audience, like Francis's book, Baby Worries, was about a baby, you know, a baby who worries about what it's going to look like when he grows up because all of these crazy looking rallies. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but she yeah. was a teacher. Like yeah. I, through that relationship, she was a teacher. She used to run environmental programs back in the UK and in, in Tassie. And so I could, you know, uh, 
promote her book at the same time as talking about her experiences mm -hmm. um, and engaging children in storytelling, but but with a bit of an environment kind of lens as well. So I think there's always a way that you can talk about someone else's work and books yeah. <laughs> um, and, and make it relevant. Um, yeah, you just find have to the thread. A little bit. Yeah, find the yeah. thread that you have in common and yeah. and do that. I mean, I think it's it is so important and that's a skill really to you know be aware of your surroundings, find the thread that makes it relevant and say, "Hey, I would love to lift you up and support your book because it relates in this way." And then, you know, mm. that's and again, it's all relationship building and you know, genuine connections with people. So, yeah, absolutely. that's the hard part. Is, that's the hard yes, part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's the really that's the most you know, professionally, yes, that can be rewarding as well. But that personally, that's the most reward. Those relationships are what, you know, what makes the world go round, really. Yeah. And particularly if you're going through an experience that is similar to other people who are, who can relate to that, then, you know, your your ideas might spark something, as you said before, you know, for them or their comments might spark an idea for you. Like even in one of the calls, I had been meaning to write the blurbs Mm -hmm. and going back to the you know those little blurbs of people and I had I had just been putting it off and not doing it and then Margit had said oh what about writing these blurbs and copy and paste and it, and the next morning I did that straight away and yeah. that was where a lot of the shares and a lot of the action so just that reminder that um you know it was something I'd been meaning almost a little push you know that nice little push yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to remember to remember to do something that you had thought <laughs> you were just putting off so yeah 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 taking action during your campaign is the the most important part taking timely action because you just don't have the time there's just no time no. left one of the other things that like we had talked about was maybe getting sponsors for the books and um you know whether it's a sponsor for a classroom whether it's a sponsor for the book itself and so I had um reached out to our local special development school in my area who I've worked with before and I love you know love going to to hang out with those um kids and teachers and do nature play and also I can't wait to take nature ninja in there because it's going to be awesome um but to be able to reach out to potential sponsors and supporters and even grant funders so I wrote a grant application for um to to potentially cover those accessible versions um, to a local wind farm, which is, you know, fits with the message of the environmental message of the book. They want to support local community. And um, they they um, they ended up not, um, postponing their grant till after the Kickstarter. So that may still come through, but those relationships and being able to have that clear message and understanding and then further develop that relationship with the special development school and then have them as part of one of my stretch goals. So one of my stretch goals was the, like the big one was to um, to uh, create a, a nature ninja song for classrooms and, and and but to create that in collaboration with the local school. And so to go in with those kids create and have accessible versions created of that song as well. Mm. Um, so whilst the song was a stretch goal, incorporating the accessible version into that was not like that was part of if the song was happening that was happening with it yeah um and so you so that can continuity of mission and you know and message is is really important and okay. and a real one not just you know adding it on because it sounds good yeah no I love it um, I love it I hope it becomes the default for children's books everywhere and as yeah. Indie authors, we have that control. Yeah, follow along because I'll be waiting at the, I'm getting the book printed at my local printer, um, which is part of the message as well. You know, it's an eco-friendly printer. They're 10 minutes down the road. I'm able to do that. But I'll be waiting, you know, so there's no boats, books on boats and, and you know, not having to travel thousands of kilometres to get to me so that environmental impact is lessened. But I'll be waiting and it'll be all over my social media. <laughs> I'll be waiting at the end of like the uh, print press, like a waiting for a delivery of a baby. I think I'm just <laughs> waiting for the first one to come out. I think it's so great, and I'm so <laughs> glad that you know you you we did because with with Australia and printing, it's so expensive to do any sort of print on demand. So the offset printing was really the the only option 
um, to keep the costs down and then the environmental impact minimal. So um, I'm glad. Would you be open to sharing your printer source and yeah, so we can direct absolutely. Australian authors there so they can yeah, yeah. They can do that? So they're, um, they're called uh, Star Printing and it's in um, Warrnambool and Terang. So <laughs> I'll just say T-E-R-A-N-G because no one ever really knows where that is because I live in a tiny little town beside a volcano. And um, <laughs> um, so, but just, yeah, so star printing. And if anyone has any questions or they want to get in touch with me, please do about the Kickstarter, about in, you know, anything. Like if I can support people, I'd love to do that as well. And about the printer, because they're an amazing printer. They're just awesome. Um, and yeah, they, they ship everywhere in Australia as well. So they're not just, just here, but I'm lucky enough. They're 10 minutes down the road. So. Perfect. Great. Well done. Congratulations again. And again, thank you for being just a source of support and information and knowledge and all the good things. And I look so forward to working with you in the future and seeing what you come up with and, you know, keeping uh, our relationship strong because you're a wonderful, wonderful person. I love what you're doing and hundred percent support, likewise. support all your hard work. Yeah. Likewise. And yeah. And as I said before, your group is just, and your coaching has just been like I felt like I wasn't on my own and have had no I you know I could have worked it all out myself but to have you and the, the rest of the the group um was just so vital to be able to keep sanity but also um yeah just to keep you on on track and you know <laughs> be sh a shoulder or, or, or a friendly ear to listen to if it was a bit stressful at times but yeah um yeah so well, it was great well you're you were super easy to work with and you definitely yeah. had <laughs> your approach of like I'm going to put it all in there and then we'll just keep carving we'll just keep carving yeah. it down and and sculpting it down you had a big lump of clay at the beginning and then we just kept yeah. uh trimming it until the final the yeah. final shape took form so I think that, that worked that worked really well because you know sometimes when you've got a blank page it's hard to start but once I started like I think even you just uh, I started I was looking at the Kickstarter page wondering where I was going to begin and you gave me these little banners mm -hmm. that we had talked about what I, you know, what what sections I sort of wanted. And then with the banners I was like, right, they were on there and I could start writing and then I vomited all out my words <laughs> and then I cut them back. Well, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Tanya, for your, being so generous with your time and your feedback and letting letting us know what worked and what didn't work and what you do differently and uh I will link to everything so people can find you, find Nature Ninja, place an order, get that going. <laughs> so that yes, even yeah. though the campaign's yeah. over, they all the book yeah. is still accessible and all the wonderful things um that are coming. So thank you so yeah, much. Absolutely. 